God can make a way where there's no way, and I know that every one of us here today need God to make a way for us. There's probably something you're facing today that you can't get through on your own, but you're not on your own. You've got the God of the universe who can make a way where there is no way. Let's pray to him. Dear God, I thank you so much that you care about everything we go through, and you know, Lord, the barriers that everyone is facing today, those things, Lord, that we try to do on our own, we try to get through them with our own strength, we try to fix the problem in our own power, Lord, and we can't, and we come to that place, and today we ask you to make a way, make a way where there's no way, and we thank you, Lord, that you can. There's no barrier that we face today that you can't smash down and turn it into the very bridge that will take us to our destiny. And we pray that you would do that, speak to our hearts, work miracles in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you're our only source of fulfillment and peace and purpose and healing. And we turn to you today to meet our deepest needs. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. I'm starting a new series this weekend that's really just a two-word prayer. And even though the prayer is just two words, it's a powerful prayer because it brings all heaven to the rescue. When you pray this two-word prayer, you have all the power of heaven that comes right into your situation. Now, it's probably a prayer that you've prayed before. I know I have, but really I have to say, I don't pray it nearly enough. This simple yet powerful two-word prayer is God help. You ever prayed that prayer? It's that emergency 911 rescue prayer that we usually pray when we've tried everything else. Now, most people think that the phrase, God helps those who help themselves, is a really famous verse in the Bible, but that's not in the Bible. Do you know that? God helps those who help themselves is a Benjamin Franklin quote. But a lot of us buy into it and live like we can handle everything on our own and don't really need God's help. And instead of praying this prayer first, we usually pray it last after we've tried everything else. And we don't really like to ask for help because when we ask for help, we're admitting that we can't do it on our own. And we have this pride that wants to solve all our problems and fix every bad situation and control all our circumstances. And this pride just comes out and we wanna do it on our own. And as a pastor, I have to say, I'm used to helping other people and I've always thought, well, that's what I'm supposed to do is just help other people. And so I really struggle with asking for help. It just feels selfish, but I realize now that's just pride because I need God's help, I need help from others. In fact, I'm gonna show you a video that I showed a while back, but I'm bringing it back by popular demand because so many of you enjoyed it and really my kids enjoyed it most and want me to show it again because it shows how much I need help. A while back, uh, my family was on vacation in the hill country and I decided I would heat up the grill and make dinner because like all Texans, I pride myself on my grilling gifts. I mean, barbecuing, grilling, it's a spiritual gift in Texas. 
but I have to say, I haven't really learned from anyone. I've got my own style. I haven't really read any books about it. I've just, I just think I know what I'm doing when it comes to grilling. But here's what happened this time, just watch. What a disaster. Now, one reason I didn't ask for help is because out of pride, I didn't want anyone in my family to see it. But of course, they were watching everything. But the main reason I didn't ask for help is because I knew that my kids would rather video me in this predicament than help me. If I yelled for help, no one was coming. They're just gonna stay and laugh. And I won't mention who was singing, this grill is on fire. But I will tell you his initials are Jordan Alpha, my son-in-law. <laughs> and he's a great son-in-law and a good singer. Now, many times out of pride, we try to handle all our problems on our own. And before we know it, it's a fire out of control. And we don't pray, God help, right when a problem comes into our lives like we should. It's usually after we've tried everything else, we finally pray, God help. But what's so amazing is that God in his love and mercy still comes to the rescue. In fact, he's just waiting for you to pray today that two-word prayer, God help. And all the power of heaven comes to the rescue. Now, I want us to open our Bibles to Psalm 107 because this chapter in the book of Psalms is all about the power of this two-word prayer. So would you stand in honor of God's word? And we're gonna skip around a little bit in Psalm 107 because there are 43 verses in all and we're not gonna get to every verse, but I just want you to get the main part of this powerful chapter. Some wandered in the wilderness Hungry and thirsty, they nearly died. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he rescued them from their distress. Some sat in, dar sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains and misery. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He snapped their chains. Some were fools. They rebelled and suffered for their sins. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them. Some went off the sea in ships. Their ships were tossed to the heavens and plunged again to the depths. The sailors cringed in terror. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. You can be seated. That prayer, that two-word prayer is prayed Four times in this chapter. Lord, help, Lord, help, Lord, help. And each time, God sends all of heaven to the rescue. So I want us to study Psalm 107 because there's some amazing truths in here about this two-word prayer. First, I want us to see who this prayer is really for. Who can really pray this prayer 
and experience God's powerful rescue? Well, first, it's for those who are completely empty. It's for those who are feeling completely empty. So if you're feeling empty today, if you're running on fumes, if you feel like you're numb, just going through the motions of life, totally passionless, not really having a purpose, you just kind of going through the motions, you feel totally empty on the inside. I've got good news for you. You're the perfect candidate for this prayer. If you're feeling empty today, you're right in a place where you could pray this prayer and God can bring fulfillment and God can fill you up with passion and purpose again. And God can give you strength and rest and peace. Look at Psalm 107, verse four. It says, some wandered in the wilderness lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty. They nearly died. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he rescued them from their distress. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. It says some people wandered around in the wilderness and they had such a thirst and a hunger for fulfillment, but they were empty in the wilderness. In every direction that they went, they didn't find fulfillment to their hunger. They didn't get their thirst quenched. Everywhere they looked, those pools of water were dry. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like you're wandering in the wilderness? Maybe it's a wilderness of regret, a wilderness of lost opportunities, a wilderness of just emptiness. Have you ever been there, feeling totally empty on the inside? Maybe you thought if I could climb the ladder of success and get to a certain rung on the ladder, then I would be fulfilled, then everything would be great. I'd be satisfied. If I could just get to this certain ladder, then you know, I know that I wouldn't be so stressed, that everything would work out. I would find satisfaction and fulfillment. And then you climb that ladder, you get beyond that rung, and instead of finding an oasis of fulfillment, you find the wilderness of emptiness and you feel even more empty because you thought when you got to that place, you would find fulfillment and you realize you're still empty. Or maybe you thought if I just get that job or we buy that house or if I can just get through this problem, if I could ever get this out of my life, then I would be totally satisfied and fulfilled. And then you get there and you still feel empty on the inside. It happens so many times in our lives, even as Christ followers. There's so many times that we look to everything else other than God to give us that ultimate fulfillment, even good things, and it just leaves us empty. I mean, if you're married and you're looking to your spouse to meet your deepest needs, that's gonna leave you totally empty on the inside because no human being can meet those kind of needs for meaning and fulfillment and purpose. Only God can do that. Now, your spouse can meet some needs and you can meet your spouse's, some of your spouse's needs, but not those deepest needs that God placed in your heart. For God placed an emptiness in our heart for a very good reason. That's so that he could fill it. And when we look to anything else to fill it, we're gonna be empty. But I love the fact that God allows us to feel the emptiness because when I feel the emptiness, that's when I turn to God, the only source of fulfillment. 
I mean, when we try everything else and, and we get fooled to think, well, if I could just get to this level, if I could just make this amount of money, I would be happy. You know how much money you need to be happy? Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. That's the way it is in life, isn't it? And that's because happiness doesn't come from any of those things. True fulfillment comes from looking up and saying, God, help. I need you to fill my emptiness. And emptiness is a gift. If you're feeling empty today, like you're running on fumes and you just got nothing left, that's a gift from God. God allows me over and over again to have that feeling of emptiness. And it's when I realize, you know, I've been looking to this or looking to that to bring fulfillment and it leaves me empty and God, I haven't been looking to you the way I should. And that emptiness is a gift, that gnawing emptiness that there's gotta be more is a gift because it turns me to the only source of fulfillment. When you realize you're empty, then you can turn to that source of fulfillment and he fills you up. He fills you up with his peace. He fills you up with his satisfaction. He fills you up with his peace. And so if you're feeling empty today, just know if you're a Christ follower, God will bring you back to that over and over again so that emptiness will drive you into his arms. And if you're feeling empty, then you can pray this prayer that brings all heaven to the rescue. The last time Jesus went through Jericho, going to the cross, he would never go through that way again. There was a blind beggar who really knew how empty he was. And when Jesus was walking through the crowd, here's what the blind beggar did. He prayed the prayer. He heard that Jesus from Nazareth was walking by, so he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, please help me. Many people criticized the blind man and told him to be quiet, but he shouted more and more, Son of David, please help me. See, everyone in the crowd that day needed Jesus to fill their emptiness. But most of the crowd didn't realize how empty they were. And if you don't realize how empty you are, you won't turn to God to bring fulfillment. You gotta come to the place where you feel that emptiness. You realize that you're so empty, and this blind beggar realized it. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Everyone in the crowd that day knew that the Messiah was to come from the lineage of David. So everyone knew this blind beggar was saying, Jesus, I believe you're the Messiah. And you're my only hope for fulfillment. You're our only hope. You are the Savior. You're our only hope. You see, this blind man saw what people that day with seeing eyes couldn't see, that Jesus is our only source of hope. And that's why Jesus stopped. Those are two words that are in the scripture right after the passage I read that are beautiful words. Because when you pray the two-word prayer, God help, then two words happen. God stops. God stops. And he intervenes because he cares about you. He's just waiting for you to come to that place where you stop trying to fix everything and you say, God help, and he stops. And he comes right in and says, I've been waiting for this and now I'm gonna bring rescue. Well, the first group of people this prayer is for is for those who feel completely and utterly empty. But it's also for those who are totally broken 
In Psalm 107.10, it says, Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. He's saying some people wanted to be free, to really have freedom and do what they want to do rather than what God wants them to do. And by the way, God placed in your heart a desire for freedom, to be truly free. But the problem is, when we break free from God and we say, I don't really want God to limit me, I don't really want to follow all of God's word because I want to be free to do what I want, I want to be free to follow my heart, to do what I think is best rather than what God thinks is best, and we look for freedom, that freedom God placed in our heart, but what we find is chains. You see, you're free to do whatever you want to do, but once you do it, you're not free of the consequences. I'm free to jump off a 20-story building. I'm free to do that, but once I jump, I'm not free anymore. I'm bound by the consequence. I'm bound by the law of gravity. And so we're free to not be limited by God, to do what we wanna do and not let God limit us, not let God be in control of us. We wanna be independent, we wanna be free, but once we turn and break free from God looking for freedom, we end up in chains, enslaved. We end up in chains to our sins. You know, because when we break free from God, we disobey him and we say, you know what, I'm gonna do this, this feels good, and what happens is we become addicted many times. We become enslaved and we can't break free and that's what happened to the people he's mentioning here. They feel trapped and they can't break out. But then it says in Psalm 107, 12, that is why he broke them with hard labor. They fell and no one was there to help them. So God allowed the pain to finally break them. You see, they tried to fix it. They, they said, you know, I can break free from this. And, and I, I'm gonna have freedom. I'm gonna break free from this. But they finally realized they were so powerless to break free. They didn't have the power to do it. They realized how weak they were. And it's because God allowed them to be broken. And God will allow pain to come into our lives to break us. Because he knows that we have to be broken before he can break our chains. Because we have to be broken in order to look up to him and pray that two-word powerful prayer, God help. Otherwise, we think we can help ourselves, that we can fix it ourselves, that we can break free because we're not that bad, it's not that bad. I can handle this. If you haven't handled it by now, you can't handle it. And so when I am broken and I feel totally powerless to fix myself or to get my act together, or to get through a struggle, or to overcome a sin, that's a really good place to be. Because then I can pray, Lord, help. When I'm broken and I say, Lord, help, he breaks the chains. That's exactly what he did in this situation. In Psalm 107:13, it says, they cried, Lord, help in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He led them from darkness and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. They prayed, God help, and God broke their chains and set them free and brought them out of darkness and gloom. And maybe you feel broken in grief today. Maybe you feel broken in betrayal. Maybe you feel like you have a broken heart today. Maybe you just feel like your whole life is broken. That's a great place to be, to receive God's blessing. Because before I can get God's blessing, I have to realize that I'm broken.
And sometimes it's the pain that God allows in our lives that just breaks us to the point we realize we can't fix this. We're too broken. And when you realize how broken you are, then God breaks the chains. When you realize how broken you are and that you need him, sometimes you hit rock bottom and the only place you can look is up to God and you pray that prayer and God rescues and he breaks your chains and he sets you free and he brings healing and strength. So this prayer is for the empty, it's for the broken and it's also for those who are at a dead end. In Psalm 107, 19, it talks about some who were at a dead end and there was no way out and they were trapped and then they prayed this two-word prayer. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. They were at the door of death at a dead end, but God brought deliverance after they prayed. Now, Jonah in the Old Testament was at, probably the deadest dead end anyone could ever get to. You know the story of Jonah, how God called him to go preach his forgiveness in Nineveh, this huge city that was very evil, and, and they'd never heard of God's forgiveness. And he said, Jonah, I want you to go and tell them about my love and my forgiveness, and if they'll turn to me, I will spare their city. Well, he didn't want to go. Jonah didn't want to go because he hated the Ninevites because they were so evil, and you know he just detested them because Jonah didn't realize how broken he was. He knew they were broken and needed to be fixed, but he couldn't stand them, so he wanted God to bring judgment on them. And so he didn't want to go, and so he ran away from God. God called him to go east to Nineveh, but Jonah gets on a boat going the opposite direction. He's going west to get as far away from God as he can, and when you're running from God, you can't get away from God. You can run, but you can't hide because God knows you and he sees you, He's right there, and a huge storm comes up. The boat is about to sink. Jonah gets thrown overboard, and then he's swallowed by a great fish. It's not a whale, by the way. The Bible says it was a great fish that swallowed Jonah. And when you're in the belly of a great fish, you know there's only one place that leads, and that's death. I mean, what a dead end. Dark, all those gastric juices and acids tearing away at his skin. I mean, he was at a dead end. There was no way out. And what does he do? He prays the prayer. Jonah 2, 1 and 2 says, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me from deep in the realm of the dead. I call for help and you listen to my cry. He said, God help. I'm at a dead end. There's no hope. And then God rescued him. He caused the fish to spit Jonah up on the beach, but this time he was facing east toward Nineveh. You see, sometimes God allows us to come to a dead end so he can redirect us to our destiny. Because when we're going the wrong direction, God will allow a door to be slammed in my face so that he can redirect me to his purpose. Because he doesn't want me to go down that path because he knows how devastating that'll be and how that it will take me further away from God. And so sometimes God allows a dead end to redirect you. And maybe you're at a dead end today because God wants to redirect you into your destiny. And it's not a bad thing. It's a great gift. I always say rejection is protection. Whenever you want that job and you apply for that job and they reject you, it's painful, it hurts. 
Maybe you deserved it more than someone else, but that's God's gift because rejection is protection because he knows maybe that's gonna take you further away from God or maybe there's another job that God has for you that's gonna bring what God wants for you. I always tell single adults, if that guy rejects you, that gal rejects you, it hurts, but rejection is protection because God has someone for you that's better for you than them. Rejection is always protection. And sometimes God slams a door or we hit a dead end so that he can redirect us to our destiny, but sometimes God allows a dead end because it's just the place right before deliverance. God brings us to a dead end, so we'll pray, Lord, help, and then he delivers us. He takes us to that place that we really wanna get to, but we think we're at a dead end, but it's just the beginning of the destiny. We think we're at a dead end and it's all over, but when we pray, Lord, help, and he knocks the door down, then we see it's all God, instead of us getting to that place that we long for. So maybe you're at a place of dead end today. That's where God works his greatest miracles. So if you're feeling broken, if you're feeling empty, if you're at a dead end and you tried to fix the problem and you can't get through it, praise God. You're in an amazing place to pray that prayer and God will send all heaven to the rescue to take you from a dead end to deliverance. God loves to answer that two-word prayer. So the prayers for those who feel completely empty, for those who feel totally broken, it's also for those who are at a dead end, and it's for those who are going under. Maybe you feel like you're going under today, that the waves of the circumstances are just smashing into your boat, you're being dashed upon the rocks, the waves of fear are filling you up because your circumstances look like a tidal wave that's so much greater than anything you can get through. In Psalm 107, 28, it talks about some were sailors and they went on on ships and then a huge storm came up and the waves started smashing in the boat and the boat started falling apart. They knew they couldn't hold it together anymore. Everything was falling apart. And what did they do? They prayed the prayer. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. And maybe you feel like you're going under. And maybe you feel like you're drowning drowning in debt, drowning in all these problems that keep hitting you wave after wave, drowning in grief, drowning in fear. If you feel like you're going under, you're at the perfect place to pray this prayer so God can rescue you. You remember when the disciples were out on a boat on the Sea of Galilee, this huge storm comes up, and they're really afraid, and then Jesus comes walking on the water. And they thought it was a ghost because they didn't expect to see Jesus coming to them in the middle of a storm. And when we're going through a storm and the storm of life is hitting and the waves are higher than our boat and the waves of fear are crashing in, we don't expect to see Jesus in the storms of life. We expect to encounter Jesus at church. We expect to encounter Jesus when we're reading our Bible. But in the worst storms of our lives, we're not looking for Jesus many times, but he's right there. He shows up in the storm. And he showed up in the storm and then they recognized him and Simon Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, call me to come to you. And Jesus did and Simon Peter jumped out of the boat. Now we criticize Simon Peter for sinking, but he's the only one that jumped out of the boat and I guarantee you I wouldn't have. I would have been hunkered down. I would have been praying, Lord, help. But I would have been 
holding on for dear life, but he gets out of the boat and for a brief moment, he walks on the water. Can you imagine? But then what does he do? He gets his eyes off Jesus and his love and he starts looking at the waves all around him. The circumstances and waves of fear hit and he starts to sink. But in Matthew 14, 30, it says, but when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. So Simon Peter prayed, God, help, as he's sinking and about to drown, and Jesus rescues him. He was going under, and he said, God, I need you now. The reason why God loves this prayer, God, help, God, help me now, is because it shows such an urgency. It shows that you don't need anything else, but you need God, and you need God right now. Not tomorrow, not the next day, not next month, but God, I need you today like I need you every day. God, I recognize I need you for my next breath, my next heartbeat. And we usually don't recognize that at all. We go through days thinking, I don't really need God, I don't have many problems today, but you need God desperately in the best times as well as the worst times, but it's in the worst times where we recognize it. And God loves this prayer because of the immediacy of the prayer because we realize, God, I need you now. Not tomorrow, but I need you now. And God loves it and he answers it. Can you imagine if Simon Peter would have prayed like a lot of Christians pray today trying to impress others as he was going under? Instead of just saying, God, help, what if he would have prayed, dear heavenly Father, we thank you for this beloved creation that you've made and this wonderful sea as I am going under for the last time. We pray for your bountiful blessing in the days to come. Please lead, guide, and direct me as I'm drowning. I, I mean, can you imagine that? He would have been at the bottom of the Sea of Galilee before he finished that prayer. But God loves that prayer. God help me now because not only does it recognize I need God in this moment, but it's not trying to impress anyone. It's to God. He didn't care if anyone else heard it. He just wanted Jesus to hear it. And we pray not to impress others with our spiritual prayers, but we pray to God. That's why he loves those simple prayers, those 911 prayers. God, help. Now, he wants us, after he helps us, he wants us to remember that. And to pray that prayer at the beginning of a problem, but even when we don't, we forget again in his love and mercy, he's there to rescue us. And he rescued Simon Peter that day. You see, I love the fact that Simon Peter didn't have perfect faith. He was walking on the water, the highest of highs, this miracle he must have thought, this is surreal, this is amazing. But when he got his eyes off Jesus' loving eyes and he looked at the waves and the circumstances all around him, he was terrified, he was filled with fear and he began to sink and he prayed that prayer and Jesus let him drown because he had such imperfect faith. No. Jesus reached down right away and even when Simon Peter couldn't reach up, he was too busy drowning, couldn't think about anything else but trying to stay afloat. Jesus reached down and grabbed him. And when you can't reach up to him, you don't have the strength, you pray that prayer, he will reach down and he will lift you up. When you can't hold it together 
and your ship is going under, he will hold you. He'll hold you together when life tries to tear you apart. You see, he loves Simon Peter too much to let him go under. And he loves you too much to let you drown. He loves you too much to leave you. He loves you too much to let you go under. You may get wet. Your ship may start breaking up. But he loves you too much to let you go under. And when you feel like you're going under, you're in a perfect place to pray this prayer and have all heaven come to your rescue. Now, there are two things that all the people who prayed the prayer had in common. First, they all realized they were at the end of their hope. They realized as they placed their hope in everything else and everyone else that there was no one else that could help them. And then they also realized the only one who could help them. They realized the only source of hope was God. In Matthew 5, 2, Jesus said, or Matthew 5, 3, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. He says, you know, you're really blessed. Isn't that amazing? He's saying, what a gift if you're at the end of your rope. If you're at the end of your rope and you can't hold on any longer, what an unbelievable thing. Now, I don't think it feels like an unbelievable thing when I'm at the end of my rope. But he's saying, when you're at the end of your rope, you're really blessed. That word blessed in the Hebrew means how very happy. You should be really happy when you're at the end of your rope because when you get so tired you can't hang on anymore and you let go, he catches you and you find fulfillment and you realize how much he loves you and you have peace in the middle of the storm. And so he says, when you're at the end of your rope and you realize it and you let go, then you experience so much more of him and it's so much less about you and your fears and your problems and you begin to experience God's healing. But really all of this, this two word prayer comes down to one thing, realizing a little bit of how much God loves you. Because when you pray that prayer, you're saying, God, I don't feel like you love me right now. I don't understand what you're doing, but, but I know. I'm gonna dare to hope because I know you love me and you wanna rescue me. I'm gonna dare to hope in you when you feel like you're sinking in grief, sinking in doubt, sinking in depression, sinking in despair, sinking in desperation, and all you can do is pray, God help. And you see God rescue you you realize a little bit of how much God loves you. When you're sinking in grief and you say, God help, I can't make it through today. I can't make it through another hour. The pain is too great and you see God get you through another hour and you pray it again, he gets you through another hour, he gets you through another hour, he gets you through another day and you start looking back and you start seeing the faithful love of God. You just get a little glimpse of how much God loves you. Even when you don't feel like it, you start to realize it. It's his faithful love. Lamentations 3.20 says, I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. He says, I'll never get over this awful time. I will never forget the pain, the loss, the grief. I will never get over this grief and some things in this life are so painful, you will never get over them, but you will get through them with God's power if you dare to hope. If you just dare to hope 
But see, what he says is, the reason I can dare to hope is because I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. It feels like my life is over, I'm at a dead end, but I know this, I'm gonna dare to hope because the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies are new each morning. God's love will never end. He's not gonna let me drown because he loves me too much. It doesn't feel like love right now. Doesn't make sense to me right now, but I'm gonna dare to hope in his faithful love because he's gonna see me through. The first verse in Psalm 107, 107.1 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. The whole passage on this two word prayer, God help, starts out with God's faithful love endures forever. And once you begin to realize a little bit of that, you'll pray this prayer over and over again. You'll start praying this prayer before the problem hits because God, I need you today. Things look like they're going good, but I know I need you so I don't go down the wrong path. God help today, guide me, be my wisdom today. You see, when you realize a little bit of how much God loves you, that his love is faithful, he's not gonna let you down then you pray that prayer. And then the last verse, verse 43, says this, those who are wise will take this to heart. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. So there it is again, faithful love, faithful love. It begins with God's faithful love, it ends with God's faithful love, and it says in our history, you're gonna be able to look back and see, wow, God got me through. How did he do that? He carried me the whole way. It's when you're in the middle of it that you can't see it. You can't realize it. You can't feel it. It feels like God doesn't love you at all, that God doesn't care, that he's nowhere around. But then, as you keep praying that prayer, you look back and you see it so clearly. God's faithful love never lets you down. And you wonder, how in the world did I get here? Only God. How in the world did I get through that? Only God, and you began to grasp more of God's love for you. But every time that they pray the prayer, four times, four groups of people pray the prayer, those who are broken, those who are empty, those who are at a dead end, those who are going under, every time they pray that prayer, after they pray that prayer and God rescues them, then it says this. This verse is mentioned four times Psalm 107, let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. He's saying after God comes through, then praise him for his great love because he rescues you because of his love. He cares about your 911 prayers because of his love. Now he wants you to pray him when the problem hits. But even when we don't and we're faithless, The scripture says he remains faithful because that's his character. His faithful love. It's not just his faithfulness, it's his faithful love. You see, our love is hot sometimes for God, it's cold sometimes, it's all over the place. Our love for others can be great one day and then we don't really feel it so much one day. But God's love is faithful. He loves you. So much. He loves me so much. And, and really, it comes down to this. It, it's not about you need to get your act together. It, it's not about you need to do better. It's not about you need to love God more. It's all about just 
getting a little glimpse today of how much God loves you and how faithful his love is so that you begin to understand that God can't love you any more than he does right now and he can't love you any less because he loves you perfectly. You begin to understand that, then you surrender to him. You acknowledge your brokenness. You don't run from it. You acknowledge your emptiness and you turn to him. You acknowledge that you're at a dead end and you can't fix it. You acknowledge you're going under for the last time and you pray that two-word prayer, God help, and he rescues you because of his faithful love that will never end. He will always be faithful because he loves you. Even when I am faithless and don't turn to him, his faithful love still abounds for me. God's faithful love will never run out. And so I want us to stand right now because my prayer today is that you will just get a glimpse of God's faithful love for you. And you will see that at the beginning of your life and at the end of your life, God's faithful love never ends. And if you just get a glimpse of God's love, and I believe God wants to show you a little bit of his love today. Maybe you don't feel like God's love is anywhere close. You're going through the worst valley of your life. And you don't feel God's presence, but I want you to know he's right there with his faithful love. And he's not gonna let you drown. He's gonna get you through it. He loves you too much to let you go under. And as you sing this song about God's love, sometime during this song, would you just pray the two words, God help. You know and he knows what you need help with. God help. And turn it to him. And I'm telling you, all the power of heaven will come to the rescue. It may be all the power of heaven will come to the rescue and get you through another day. It may be that God will come down and work a miracle and heal and that God will just break through that dead end and take you to your destiny. But I know this, his faithful love will never end. Let's sing to him. And sometime during this song, as you think about his love for you, just pray God help. He knows what you need. Even before you pray, the scripture says, God help. He loves you so much. And when you begin to go under, just say, God help. And he will hold you. But then you can jump into the ocean of his love. Just sink into the ocean of God's love right now as you sing because we can never understand the depths of his love, but if we just get a glimpse of it, how he loves you. If you can just understand a little bit that that first song you learned in Sunday school, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, but he is strong. Acknowledge your weakness today and acknowledge he loves you and turn to him and pray, God, help, and he will be right there to rescue you because he loves you. He loves you so much, more than you could ever know, more than you could ever imagine. He cares about every detail of your life and he's so great and powerful, he can handle anything that comes your way. Let's bow together. And if you've never said the words, God help, save me. You've never turned to Jesus for salvation. Today is your day for rescue. This is the great rescue where he will rescue you from a purposeless life. He will rescue you from all your sins and he will rescue you from eternity without him. Just pray this prayer silently in your heart. Jesus Christ, help. I need you to save me. I can't save myself. 
Forgive me of all my sins. Come into my life and take me to heaven one day. Be the Lord of my life. I praise you, Lord, for your faithful love. And then, Lord, I just pray for every one of us that you would help us realize how much we need your help each and every day. And in this series, Lord, we just pray for miracles. As we pray this prayer, we claim that you're gonna come to the rescue with all your power and all your strength. And Lord, I pray right now for all those who feel totally empty, that you just fill them up. For all those, Lord Jesus, who know they're broken, that you would bring blessedness out of their brokenness and bring healing. I pray for all those, Lord, who are at a dead end right now, that you would just knock down that door and take them to deliverance or redirect them into their destiny. I pray for those, Lord, who feel like they're going under for the last time, that you would just reach out and rescue them and that you, Lord Jesus, would hold them together when everything looks like it's falling apart. Thank you that you love us too much to let us drown. Lord, help us remember your faithful love and to praise you for your faithful love. And over this series, Lord, help us learn to pray that two-word prayer right when a problem hits or even before. God, help, because we need you so desperately. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you remain standing because this week, I believe with all my heart that God wants to let some light of hope in into your life. As you pray, God, help, you watch for the light that's gonna come in. You open up the window of your heart and you let the light of God in each and every day. And sometimes it's gonna be a light of wisdom where he's gonna show you the way to go. Sometimes it's gonna be a light of joy in the middle of the pain. Sometimes it's gonna be a light of peace in the middle of the chaos. And I don't know what your fears are and the waves that are coming over you, but when the wave of fear hits, you just say, God help, and you let the light in. Open up your heart and let the light in. Open up your heart and let the light of the world in to make a difference in your life. And you keep stepping forward and you look to the light and you walk in the light. And maybe you can't see much of the light, but you walk in that little bit of light that you see and he will make it brighter and brighter until the day he takes you home. Do you believe in the light? Then open up your heart, open up your life and let the light of Christ in. Hey church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.